Welcome to JB Podcasts, where I share experiences, observations, and lessons that can be applied in the workplace or in life. another installment of JB Podcast Career Series. Today, I am with my friend Sanjay, who is going to share a little bit more about his career in sales. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. For some quick background, um, I know Sanjay, uh, his wife and I were in an early career development program together right when we were out of college so many moons ago. So thankful to her for her advice. I have so many stories of just being early in our career, um, moving around the country, new adventures. So I'm so glad that I've got gotten to meet Sanjay. Thank you, Jasmine, for the introduction as well, too. And uh, I think I got to hear about some of those stories later on when we get some time offline. I love it. Feel free to shoot, shoot away. Fire away, I should say. All right. So this is called Fire Round. So it's, you don't, it doesn't have to necessarily be a deep answer. But if there's a funny story that accompanies <laughs> the answer, no rules. We can definitely go into it. All right. I'll do my best. All right. So what is your favorite board game? Oh, wow. Starting off with board games. You know what? It's actually funny. I, I hate board games. I really don't like <laughs> it at all. Um, but growing That's up, okay. my older brother used to really push me to play with him because he needed a friend. So uh, I think maybe guess who? I used to guess like who? those characters and calling out little details because I was a nitpicky on details as well. Yeah, I love that, that game. game. Guess who? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, actually, still, we still play it today now at home. We just got it for our kids recently. Yes. And now it's like all upgraded, new characters. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. They're more more trendy, you know, more hip and vibe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hopefully, maybe this is easier and you like cake. What's your favorite cake flavor? Uh, there's no question about it. It has to be chocolate. And chocolate. most specifically, if you haven't tried it, there's a little grocery store in the Bay Area that does like a chocolate ganache cake, which we probably you know, ordered more than the store can possibly deliver at time. <laughs> yeah, chocolate cake, no question. Awesome. Awesome. I like chocolate as well. Mm-hmm. If you could teach one subject in school, what would it be? Or maybe the question should be reworded. If you had to teach one subject in school, what would it be? Uh, that's tough. Um, I, I mean, most people probably go with the, like the technical, the math and the science, but I'm a sports guy. I love sports. I can't do without my physical education. So I'll probably go PE. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I teach a lot for my kids. I'm probably a little tough on them because I'm really into it. So yeah, I'll go with PE. That's All right. Yeah. I bet you that is a lot of top uh, favorite subject of a lot of kids. What is something that you can't do? It could be anything. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I can't whistle. I make my own whistle. little, yeah, I have another, like I made, it was always something I wanted to do growing up. Everyone calls whistle. And for some reason, I just don't have that trait. So I make my own, like, which is my, my made up version of it. But yeah, yeah. whistle a song. Whistle. Yeah. And then people, when they do it with their like fingers with their, in their mouth, like that's yeah. a whole nother level. Nope. Exactly. Can't do that either. All right. When you travel on a plane window or aisle seat. Oh, there's no question. It has to be aisle. I'm a big yes. dude. I need my yes. elbow space. Yeah. Aisles. Yep. I'll see. Like yep. it. Mm-hmm. What makes you laugh no matter what? 
Oh, I guess I'll go cheesy. There's not a lot. I'm I'm a very tough guy, but my wife, she makes me laugh. Aww. She uh, has made me laugh a plenty of times too. Yeah, she really knows how to ground me. And when I'm all stressed out, she just throws in some funny humor. And it's more than just kind of watching her behave with the kids. That just gets me to chuckle and laugh as well, too. So yeah, <laughs> my wife. I love it. Yay for family. All right, a few more. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? Oh, man, most people laugh, but it's very specific. I wanted to be a sports medicine doctor, specifically like an orthopedic orthopedic surgeon or at minimum one of the doctors that are on the field, like treating a player if they were to get hurt. So that was really what I wanted to do. And funny enough, my brother today is an orthopedic spine surgeon. So he kind of got that responsibility that I wow. So that's what I wanted to be. I didn't go in that direction, but it's something I always think about. Maybe I... I joke with my wife, like when I retire, maybe I'll go back and learn physical therapy and put hours into become a trained person that maybe I can, you know, partake that. You never know. You You never never know. know. So many things are happening in the day that we live and you could change careers. That's cool though, that your brother took that on a few more. What is your favorite animal? Not a big zoo person, but I like the, I like dogs. Always wanted a lassie of my own. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, lassie. Favorite sport. So you have to have one given what you wanted to be when you were a kid. Oh man. Yeah, that's tough. I think I'll probably narrow it to basketball, go Warriors and football, go Niners. <laughs> probably right now, probably basketball. You can't, you can't not follow Steph Curry and be amazed day in, day out with what he's doing and just the person he is. And so yeah, basketball, home. basketball. Yeah, I'm feeling sure. the West Coast love. West Coast vibe, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like All it. Day. <laughs> All right, our last two questions: pizza or pasta? Oh, pizza! No question pizza. about it. Yeah, I'm a pizza I'm person pizza. too. Yeah. And morning or night, or I'm going to do a slight edit on the fly, or afternoon. You know, I used to say I was a nighttime person, but they say the most successful people are those who are up early. So I. I would say morning. I'm up before anyone else in the house. I can't get my day started with my special coffee brew. I've really got into coffee making recently. Morning. Absolutely. Morning. Let's go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Sanjay, for being a good sport with my fire round questions. Sure. Um, yeah. Now let's transition into a little bit more questions about your role and your career. And just again, thank you for sharing words of wisdom with us today. So to get us started, could you share a little bit about your background, maybe in education, what you studied, and then what your current role and career is right now? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to school uh, at UC San Diego, uh, so Go Tritons, and I went out there for electrical engineering. While I was there, I had a, another degree in finance, so kind of a little balance of both, which kind of took me into first working in a highly technical space for a technical design company, followed by a little uh, caveat of a different different area of, of expertise. And then mm-hmm. right now, I work in sales. So my responsibility is what we call a strategic account manager, so mainly ha- handling very highly strategic accounts for our organization and trying to grow and uh, gain growth and revenue within that organization I'm in today. And in the near future, maybe stepping into more of a sales manager role or more of a hybrid, I should say, where I get to be still working with highly strategic accounts, but have an opportunity to kind of help grow individuals as well too, and contribute in different ways to our organization's growth. So that's where I'm at today. Now, what drew you to sales? So what drew me to sales? Um, 
Yeah, I think I personally always had a passion for finding a combination of both the technical and the business mm-hmm. perspective. And it always seemed to be in my mind that sales hit that sweet spot. You know, as I said, I went to school for electrical engineering, but I also got a degree in finance. And I felt like sales seemed to fit the versatility that I needed to have in order to, you know, pursue both both fields. And that's where I think sales ended up working out well for me. And, you know, I really enjoy communicating with people, kind of earning the right to be able to best support them as well with their challenges that they're facing. So, yeah, I think sales kind of fit, fit that right sweet spot for me, if I may. I, so I, this is kind of a story, you know. Sure. Uh, I love stories. So, you know, a golf ball today has all these dimples on it, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, when it first started, the golf ball itself was very smooth. It was just a round, smooth ball. Mm. And I think there was a person that was like in the in the space of testing these golf balls and said, you know, he like came up with this strange idea and said, let me go test this in a, in a facility, a lab or in the field or what have you and said, you know, golf balls were made smooth and simple, but then what happens if we actually kind of bruise it up and roughen it up? Like, let's go mm. look at those balls that are actually bruised and roughened and see, you know, are they performing differently? And his theory actually ended up being accurate that the more you kind of bruise and damage the golf ball, the more you have these imperfections on the ball and it creates this layer of airflow that actually makes the ball go faster and go further than a smooth ball. And uh, the story kind of leads to where we are today. So golf balls have dimples on them and Mm. the science and the technology behind the dimples, the positioning of the dimples are all a facet of it was a smooth ball. And now look at the dimples and that's how they, end up being so successful. So it's like you take this smooth person and maybe they won't go as far, but you throw these dimples on it, you beat it up, you bruise it up. And those stories and experiences, I think, help you succeed. You know, 1% a day, move an inch every day. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm the most successful, but I think that's that's my story and my lesson. Yeah, I love that story. And I think too, it's so many of those quote unquote dimples and those experiences that allow us to connect to other people. I like that. Now I can say I've heard the story of the golf ball. I, I um, probably I probably butchered the actual hey, story, but I think that that's how I remember reading it. You're so. talking to the right person. I tend to go. like maybe add things on, take it away through the variation. So so it's all okay. good. Awesome. That's good. All right. If you would if you would be willing to maybe take a step back with me, what was your very first job? Oh, very first job. So I worked at a company called Flextronics. And okay. I worked as an intern there and before college or during college, when I completed school right away, it was like literally two days after graduation, I drove back and started my job. And so, yeah, it was uh, working as electrical, electrical engineer, electrical design engineer at Flextronics. And eventually it grew into the Flex medical design team. So we developed medical products from the ground up, taking a customer's request on a medical design or product design, and we developed it from the ground up. So yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds exciting. Now, would you say like when you pivoted to more of the sales role, was it just like a combination of things just working out or did someone reach out or how did that kind of transition um, in terms of your career, maybe more focused on the technical side and kind of that blending of of, uh, the different facets here? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, it definitely wasn't an easy road. It was not, not I wouldn't say easy road. It wasn't a, a straight line. So for me, it wasn't a straight line to get to the sales role that I'm in today. So I started in the technical 
uh, hands-on electrical design itself. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this wouldn't fulfill everything I wanted to do. And so I had a, I've been fortunate to have, you know, great friends in, in different career spaces that have offered me opportunities to, you know, try something different. And so I had a friend of mine that's still a very close friend of mine who offered me a role at a different company, entirely different, doing database management. And it really took me to a whole different world of back end database management. <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm picturing in my brain. Like, these, yeah. I don't know, access databases. Or I took yes. the basic way, way no, back in the day. It's, it's exactly that. And I was actually trying to figure out how do I apply that finance background to this? And I was like convinced, oh, I'm going into this role. And yes, I'm going to find this connection to finance. It wasn't the perfect connection, but... There was a finance aspect of it, you know, working with financial clients. In fact, mm-hmm. in the San Francisco area, we were working in SF and visiting uh, locations of companies that were doing a massive amount of like day trading and understanding their backend database. So it gave mm-hmm. me this like touch of finance and also gave me this other understanding of like, you know, organizations have a massive amount of backend that lets the front end of the company run. And you just never get to see that. And you just think, oh, a company runs smooth in the in the front face, but behind the scenes, there's so much going on. And I love that experience because even when I then left that role, I was again fortunate enough. I have some really amazing friends that that offered me an opportunity to go join the company I'm at today. And they're also mm-hmm. some childhood friends that I'm still working there with today as well. Wow, that's cool. It was in sales. And they said, Hey, I don't know how you are gonna pitch the story of connecting the dots between your technical and database management, but you know, why don't you give it a shot? And the way I explained it was like, I have my technical know-how. I've been at the, at the table of listening to a customer design and interest. And then I have this like different background of like the finance space and database side, like understanding how a sales organization organization needs to operate. It's not just salespeople. It's the people behind the scenes doing Mm. operations, IT, customer service, um, marketing, technology, you know, all those other aspects that let a company run. I have that background now with like kind of database, man, the behind the scenes scene. And I felt like I could maybe kind of combine the worlds together and have an understanding of, you know, what's needed within the sales organization, organization to be successful. And that maybe not the perfect pitch, but it sold it enough that they said, I'll hey, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you sell? I'll buy it. So that there we great. go. So I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe I'm selling the, my experience in a way and ended up working well, uh, correctly because they said, all right, why don't you yeah. join a sales organization? So yeah, that's awesome. And, and like you said, like understanding the interworkings and, and the behind the scenes, right? It all has to come yeah. together to, to produce that value to, to the customer, to the stakeholder. Right, exactly. It's always building the picture to your customers. You know, there's so many people involved. There's so many, um, you know, valued assets of a colleagues in order to really finally sell a device, but then to support the customer for you know beyond. And you know, that's what I really enjoy as well too in sales. There's so many aspects to that. I'm starting to see a theme. So you are actually my second highlight on this career series. Oh, okay. Um, but Joya, who was on on the first episode, also talked about doing a little bit of a career change and, and the kind of that non-linear path. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's really exciting. All right. Um, I have to ask the question. So going through a couple years now in a pandemic, how has that changed the way in which you, you do business? I'm sure probably you travel for sales and, and that probably 
you know, changed a little bit, anything that you could share around what you've done differently and maybe what you've learned from that process? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, it's been very different, you know, personally, I had never done the work from home model ever. So, you know, the, I still remember around like March 13th or I think it was March 13th exactly where they said, all right, you need to go home. And I grabbed the things that I could at my desk and, you know, I just said, all right, let me see what I can make shift at home. My wife happened to be getting new office furniture. So I took her stuff. <laughs> I, I took her leftovers and I moved myself to the garage. It's been a very interesting experience. Um, as you said, no travel. So I haven't traveled anywhere for two years. Um, wow. I haven't uh, visited a customer face-to-face, even locally, for mm-hmm. two years. And in sales, you know, the biggest thing is you need to have face-to-face interaction. So obviously, mm-hmm. I've I've lived off of video conferencing, you know, all the, the great companies out there that have allowed that to occur seamlessly, the Microsoft Teams, the Zoom, the, the Cisco WebEx, et cetera. You know, I basically am on customer calls like that nature or even colleague calls day in, day out, because we really can't live without that. We need to be interacting with people to be able to understand their world. And we need that to earn the right, again, to be able to support them in the best way possible. So that's been very different for me. But I've found great success in it. You know, a lot of people are talking about what it's going to look like when we go back into the office. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to be the same by any means. Uh, sure. Yeah, you know, I think it'd be, it would be it would be useful if we all go back in and we're so used to what we do, right? We're in our little private shells right now in our houses. Like we go in and we close the door. And <laughs> like, I just need my private space to go back to work, right? That yeah, would yeah. be valuable. So I see the the difference when we go back into work being how do we use the time together to be most valuable, right? So the meetups need to be like, if you're asked to go back in in a hybrid model, when we go back in two days a week, let's all get together. Let's, let's reconnect. Let's spend time and, you know, brainstorm together. Let's not just go into our cubicles. Let's make the time together the most valuable it can possibly be. So we go back home and work from home, which is our new norm we can still succeed here as well too. No, I like that. I found that even from a personal level, when I've gotten together with people, it's not so much like what you're doing or, you know, I like trying different cuisine, but even just like hearing stories and I don't know, in some ways without seeing people and being with them, it's almost like you actually miss some of their life a little bit. I mean, yes, it's good to connect, you know, on video and over the phone, but just another uh, level of importance of, like you said, that time that that you have together and, and maximizing that. Um, yeah. So thanks, thanks for sharing that with me. And uh, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of funny. A lot of people tease, like, "Why are you in your garage?" And it's it's a running joke I have is that well, that garage door, that door handle, the kids don't know how to open it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the one room in the house that I can have my you know solstice of just you know talking yeah. to my customers and doing my thing and not having. The three-year-old barge in, pops, papa, where's my, where's my cereal? You know, so. I love that. Okay, so there, there's an MO. There's more to that There story. is, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe just kind of any, any parting advice that you'd give to anyone looking for a career in sales or maybe even interested in getting into sales? Well, okay, so, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, you know, as I said, I didn't take that easy linear path into sales. Um, I actually, as I said, I, I personally find being in sales to be extremely rewarding. I think there's, 
oftentimes people have this uh, stigma with sales. You know, oh, you're the salesperson. Oh, you're the sales <laughs> guy. Yeah, or you're the you're the used car. Sales I can guy. feel that emotion when you're saying that. Oh, I yeah. love it because <laughs> I I can I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, oh, the sales. You know, it can kind of have a little yeah. bit of a negative connotation at times. Exactly. Like they always they always envisioned. Uh, you know, the, the slicked back hair and <laughs> shooter, shooter McGavin, you know, shooting the fingers at you. Like, hey, how you doing? How can I get you in this car? You know, luckily I, I, I don't have the air in my head anymore. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you know, I think I had a little bit of that feeling as well, too, stepping into the, into sales in general, as I switched out of the technical perspective. Mm-hmm. And I found that you know, having a little bit of a technical background was really cool because I I didn't feel like I was that salesy person. I felt like I could contribute from both the technical and from a sales perspective. So especially in my organization, we, we don't consider our sales role the traditional sales role. You're very actively involved from A to Z. And so I think to those that are considering sales and don't want to be the sales gimmicky type of person, you know, I think it's it's great to work for an organization that lets you showcase maybe maybe where you might have some interest in technology and mm-hmm. marketing and other aspects and allows you to wear multiple hats. And I think when you have that, it enables you to be a more a more well-rounded sales sure. person. So so I think that would be one. Definitely it's you know, you you don't need to be just a salesperson in this career or in this mm-hmm. uh, world of sales. Like you mm-hmm. can be technical, you can have marketing know-how, you can bring operations background, you can know the back end, you can be a people person. And all of those qualities, I think, attribute to you being a good salesperson in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would encourage you actually to to be more or be as versatile as you can when you're in sales, reach out to people of all those different or parts of your organization. Cause I think that's what makes you become more well-rounded in your position and realize that it's all, it's all of the above, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I guess another thing that I think is something that again, my company has been really encouraging. And as I sat back and think about this more and more, I think in sales, sometimes we forget empathy, and I, and maybe not just in sales in general. I think mm. empathy is really important. Not that we forget it, but I think empathy is really important. And so, mm. I've found that, especially more recently in the times that we're living in, we need to be a lot more empathetic to put ourselves in somebody else's position first. So to lead with empathy, and not at a superficial level, but seriously, like take a moment to sit down and just put yourself in their position prior to talking to anyone and just imagine what they might be going through in their deck sure. of the world now. And instead of just jumping to what you want to achieve in this call or in this meeting, you know, start with empathy. You know, you can have your ideas of what you want to cover in any given conversation in sales, sure. but maybe first address what are they going through? What's important for them? How can you tailor your conversation to be more inclined to the empathetic perspective and then be empathetic, like truly mean what you say. Sure. So if you need to just not even have a conversation about the, the topic for the day and you just want to switch to empathy for the day, 
be so go ahead and do it. There's no problem with that. And I think that's what I feel is really important nowadays is that just we need to be a little more empathetic to understanding somebody else's position. Sure. And once you do that, I think what happens as a result of that is that you develop propriety, you develop trust, you develop a stronger relationship because you're effectively earning the right to help understand, you know, their problems, their unique situation. And accordingly, you can think about making the right recommendations and understanding what's the best balanced solution for them in their day and that they're experiencing. And then you leave the decision-making in their hands. But I think with leading with empathy, I think you'll see some great results to follow um, because we need, we need a lot more of that in our society today. So, yes, very well said. I mean, that can be applied to so many situations and just even partnerships in the workplace. Yeah, I know amid some of the busyness I've been guilty of, like jumping right into the agenda topic, you know, like, hello, you know, how's your day going? Yeah. You know, and and some of it's just the busyness of the environment we're in. It's like constant back to back. Um, but I love what you said about empathy because that that connection, maybe yeah. some of the things that people are missing even day to day with being remote and things like that, I feel like it could have such an impact, um, not only on that conversation, but on the relationship that can be built. I love it. Well, our time together, it seems like it's been so short, but a lot of time has gone by. I just want to thank you, Sanjay, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences, your lessons, a little bit uh, about your career. Hope all goes well. Excited to see kind of what that next phase will be for you. For the rest of the audience here today, thank you for tuning in. I look forward to more career, career highlights on the series. And until next time.